friends, welcome to Rank and Vile, the podcast where we are ranking every single horror movie ever made. And this is Ryan. And this is Quincy. How's it going, Quincy? How's your week going? Um, I got on the bad website, um, also known as Twitter. Neopets? Uh, no, yeah. Don't All get right. on Twitter. It's terrible. Oh, it's a it's a, it's a, it's a bad time for everyone. What 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 befell you on this day? Well, on the same day that I read about uh, coronavirus and how um, it's not as bad as you think it is, except that it is bad because people have died from it. Right. Um, I read about the stock market crashing. Um, so it's, it's a lot. A time. It's a yeah. lot. And this is right after um, the Tennessee, where you live, has gotten um, murdered by tornadoes. And where I live in Los Angeles, apparently we're bracing for flash floods. Yeah, it's not good. It's not good. I tell you um, what, the the apocalypse is way less cool than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, I really, you know, recently I've been thinking about these world events and I'm thinking like we're living through history. Like this is going to be the thing that I tell my grandchildren was a terrible time to be I, alive. I was going to say we're living through history and it fucking sucks ass. Like our... Our president is a wild fascist mop uh, who once compared his dick to the nuclear button on Twitter. Um, and then I feel like once you start from that place, everything just kind of makes more sense. That Like, oh, no, this is just a surrealist crap sack world, and this is where we live now. But we have new patrons on Patreon. <laughs> yes, we do. Thank you guys so much for, for those uh, contributions. We are Listen, you're about to keep us in the good microphones, because we are about to use that to get Quincy a, a new microphone, which I I almost wondered if both of us should, like, get get the same kind of microphone just to make sure that it sounds like we're in the same room, even though we're across the country from each other. Um, I almost feel like it should add to production values, like, we just get more sounds of, like, Tinkerbell in the background. Like, we need um, we need uh, ambient audio to pick, to, to pick up your, your babies and my dog. Just room tone is screaming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just a genuine, a, a genuine, genuine uh, uh, tone where, like, listen, these are the end times and everything feels like it's melting and we want audio that's going to reflect that. Ryan, why don't you tell our listeners what our Patreon has to offer? So on our Patreon, at the, uh, uh, just to, to get this out of the way, listen, folks, if you uh, donate uh, $2 to our Patreon... Uh, you get access to our show notes, uh, which gen genuinely, it's just us um, sort of shit posting for pages and pages. Um, and then if you do $5, you get uh, access to bonus episodes. We're about to put one up with uh, Foz Meadows, uh, probably uh, this, uh, later, later this week. Um, we uh, just so much uh, extra stuff that we're going to have up on the Patreon. We're going to have interviews. We're going to have... Um, I'm, I'm making a bunch of electronic music that I'll just, like, put up on there, like, sort of... Sp if, listen, if you like our, our spooky show theme, it'll be like that, but, like, more and longer. It's like a haunted house that you live in now. Um, we and are then also going to add, on the $5 level, um, letters. I, I don't know if we're going to make a... I can promise a newsletter, but I will definitely promise to mail some Garbage Pail Kids cards to you. <laughs> so if you donate $5, go ahead and DM us your mailing address, and we'll add that. We also have a uh, Big Baller $25 quarterly package, where if you give $25 a month, you get a box of um, movies and other 
uh, art and other spooky stuff that we have laying around. Yeah, so it's definitely uh, uh, extremely good. And also, listen, if you if you like uh, the the weird bullshit we talk about on this show, we can send you weird bullshit in the mail. Like, the future might be a terrifying uh, crap sack hellscape, but at least... Uh, at listen, least you had body melt on too, right? <laughs> Which is all we can ask for uh, in in this in this workaday world, Quincy. What uh, what ghoul shit have you been consuming this week? So um, my doctor has uh, told me to quit drinking caffeine. Okay. So I am deep in that uh, effervescent water uh, game. <laughs> I'm drinking Topo Chico like a crazy person see this is i've been uh i've been i myself have been sucking down uh, uh kroger store brand uh seltzer water oh my god i'm drinking a simple truth organic right now what's your hey. favorite flavor uh lemon easily lemon what's what's um, yours the orange vanilla there's something about Ooh. the vanilla that makes it superb it's like a it's it's like a, a, a creamsicle that uh, uh, they condensed into a can and also is slightly less satisfying than an actual creamsicle. <laughs> yeah. When did goddamn? When did seltzer become like? When when did it get so over with with people around our age group? Basically, I think the thing is they're like, hey, it's not as bad for you as soda. Exactly. Yeah. Because well, and on yeah. Now the problem is with that I have with seltzer. Um, at my local liquor store, they have the seltzer right next to, and apparently this still exists, for Loco. Now, I, it was like seeing, uh, a dirty, like, like, directions for how to make a dirty bomb, like, in a shoebox that I just pulled out of a, like, a closet. Like, I shouldn't, <laughs> I shouldn't know that Four Loco still exists, and that it exists within, like, a stone's throw of the place where I live. Four Loco is, uh, I think it should have been banned by the Geneva Conventions. So it, if it makes you feel any better, it no longer has the active ingredient that killed people. Well, that's Being not caffeine. <laughs> that's not for nothing, because I. It makes me think of how back in the day. Um, I don't know if you've read uh, Motley Crue's uh, uh, memoir, The Dirt. Um, as I, I, I have read too many times because I hate myself. But there's a thing in there that they talk about called zombie dust, which is a combination of halcyon and cocaine. So it, it shuts your little noggin off, but gives you a lot of energy. So you have your brain is 404 and you cannot stop moving around making mistakes. And I feel like for Loco, like there's a before time and an after time, you know, when you've had you've had for Loco. So what have you been up to, Ryan? Oh, Jesus. So the thing that I've been up to, I have finally uh, thrown in the towel. I was doing a, re a replay of uh, the Blair Witch video game. Um that they released for uh, platforms and, and PC. Have you have you read about or heard anything about this game? No, I didn't know it existed. <laughs> oh, fuck. Yeah, this was from, uh, what, last year, I think it came out, and it seemed like everybody was talking about it for, like, a, a hot minute and then promptly stopped, and I figured out why. And it's that it is bad. Now, the thing about the Blair Witch game, uh, it takes place, like, two years after the events of the original Blair Witch Project. Um... And you play... Now, this is the problem, is that it kind of can't... It wants to shoehorn in this thing where you're, like, a combat veteran, and you've got PTSD, and you are the worst man in the world who, like, shot an innocent kid, uh, and you just are a fuck-up who ruined your marriage because you were a dick, and so you uh, are 
fucking around in the woods trying to rescue uh, a missing kid, and you start sort of tripping sack and hallucinating that you're in a firefight for bits of it, but then my, my problem with it is they definitely wanted to do something with, like, oh, you know, it really makes soldiers sad when they see all of their friends die, and we really want to, like, shoehorn that into this game. And I'm like, that's great, guys. What the fuck does that have to do with the Blair Witch Project? Like, I'm not... I'm not playing a, a nature horror game to think about the horrors of our doings abroad as a country. Yeah, like, there's, and also, um, this is in the same timeline that tons of really good games have come out dealing with that topic. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, there are so many games that actually deal with, like, PTSD. And, like, that, that's not to say that they do a bad job of dealing with PTSD in this game. It's just, like, why? And then the other problem is. Um, as you might remember, uh, a, a healthy part of the movie, The Blair Witch Project, sort of revolved around being lost in the woods, and then being lost in the woods a lot, and now you're lost in the woods, and you're not really going anywhere, and you're not really, you know, like, you're sort of going in circles, and there's a sort of, like, dream logic thing that makes you feel bad, and, like, that's great, but the problem is that it kind of doesn't translate to a video game, because yeah. then it just makes you feel like, well, where the fuck am I supposed to go? <laughs> it, there's, so... The one thing that infuriates me more than anything is mm -hmm. I have yet to learn the map in Stardew Valley, so I literally get lost in the woods trying to <laughs> cut logs for my um, my farm. Well, and Stardew Valley, which also features uh, monsters that live in a cave. It does. <laughs> and which... uh, this might be a Stardew Valley spoiler for all you out there. Once you upgrade your axe, you find wood monsters as well past the Fuck yeah. uh, the thicket. <laughs> Man, that's honestly well, and, and through that thicket. <laughs> listen to me, I've been in the fucking thicket. I've been the the thick of the thicket for like the la <laughs> like over the weekend. Like I tried playing the game, and then I finally gave up because I realized uh, that I like again. My problem is I I do this with the Saw films, right? Where I I rewatch all of them occasionally because I want to fucking upset myself with how bad it is. And I do this with survival horror, where I'm like, every single survival horror game is bad because fundamentally all of them work out to, like, ha spooky handyman simulator, where <laughs> it's it's you in a fucking weird locale, like, fixing pieces of equipment and going on little side quests to pick up pieces to fix machines to get to the next bit of the thing. And it's just, it's not good. It's just, it's not... Um, I think uh, at now I'm 33 and I feel like I've started to value my ability to stop doing things I don't like. Because <laughs> um, like you remember yeah. when you were a kid, you know, like you would just bash your face against, you know, that wall with a video game, even if, you know, you, you fucking hated it, but you felt like you had to. Well, I hate to sound like the old man that I actually am, but back in my day, you only had two <laughs> cartridges, and your only hope to get a third is if your mom thought of you when she went to the yard sale that Saturday. <laughs> Absolutely, your mom wasn't. You know, you, you your mom wasn't exactly uh, quality testing the games she was buying for you, and you were getting maybe two of like two or three games every year. Like, your mom was not shelling out, like, 30 bucks for Boogerman on SNES, you know? <laughs> like, so, yeah. What's wild to me is, as a child, my parents are like, games are prohibitively expensive, you're not getting that. Right. Merry Christmas, here's Dark Forces, make it last for the rest <laughs> of your childhood. You're not exactly. getting a new one. <laughs> and then, as an adult, I am buying 
like two or three video games a week, which <laughs> maybe I'm working something out. But... Yeah, I, I think you've hit on something there. As an adult, your dad can't even stop you. You can get on you can get on the Steam on your computer. Santa's not looking at you. Your dad's not there. God's back is turned. You can buy uh, Stardew Valley whenever you want as an adult. Listen, and the problem is I think Steam and other online retailers know this because they're only selling you ones and zeros so they Mm -hmm. make it whatever the fuck price they want and they're always making a profit so every day i get a notification that hey that game you kind of want is uh five cents you you should buy it (laughs) yeah well i mean and it's wild when i look back on uh when i was a kid and like how much those games cost because like the price of games has remained relatively static, I think. Yeah, where... it has. And it's also wild because it's literally digital content. You're not buying yeah. a physical item anymore. Well, and that's what that's that's a thing that upsets me now, and not to get on my soapbox about I know this is a horror podcast, we'll get into Anaconda in a bit, but just before we do before <laughs> Which we, we talk... watched on physical fucking Blu-ray in my case. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah, like physical media, like I don't want to pound that drum too much, but Again, with Steam, even, which I use Steam, you know, I use, I, I rent things online when, in a pinch, I'm like, Ugh, I really want to watch Waiting for Guffman, but I don't have a copy of it, but I really want to watch it right now, so sure, I'll shell out the two ninety nine on Amazon or whatever. Um, you're not paying for the thing itself, you're paying for the right to access it. Like, you don't actually own the copy of whatever it is you get on Steam, it's just there in the ether, and ideally they'll let you use it. Yeah, yeah. There's it, uh, nothing to keep them from changing their mind. Maybe it's just the the impending coronavirus tornado floods coming our way. But well, listen, coming if I'm... off of a week of not having internet because of local disasters mm-hmm. um, and and the bandwidth being throttled because an entire metropolitan area doesn't have internet, so they're using ours. Um, yeah. The cloud is not as foolproof as everyone acts like it is. That's what it is. Like it, it, um, it, 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 it shakes your faith. That old Nickelodeon uh, Nick Junior DVD of Dora the Explorer. I might have not survived this past week with my children. <laughs> Listen, it shakes your faith in the cloud. Like when when the shit hits the fan and everything's on fire, on on flaming shit fire. You need to have physical media, and that's yeah. So let's talk about Anaconda. Yeah, um, so shout out to Mill Creek Entertainment for giving us this Blu-ray, um, but it looks like shit. It is oh. the worst transfer I've seen in a long time. Listen, some all right, some I, I appreciate that we all that we all want everything to be on Blu-ray right now. Um, some things were not meant to be in crystal clear high def on Blu-ray, and Anaconda is one of those things. Like John Voight's puffy face. Oh man, his he looks like a cream puff in a shirt. Like he's just you feel like if you touched him, his skin would give way like a half deflated beach ball. So it's great. We have to just talk about the the elephant in the room. What is John Voight doing in this film? I'll tell you what he's doing. He's doing the fucking most. Uh, he is. God, he is acting for the... Fu- he is swinging for s- I- fences I don't even understand in this performance. He's... Okay, all right. So, uh, this first of all... This man was in Midnight Cowboy, and now he's just made <laughs> up an accent, and he's a snake hunter? Well, you know, it's an accent that no one had ever heard before and have never heard <laughs> since. Uh, and so John Voight, 
who is in real life genuinely a terrible person, which I feel like helps um, in in uh, his performance as the the final boss of the swamp. Like he's just he is the the motherfucker of the swamp, and he now all right. So let's let's get into it. Uh, this movie first of all starts with a a screen crawl that's basically like, uh, hey guys, here's what an anaconda is. It big snake. It eat a guy. Okay, here, here, movie, and then it just throws you, throws you into it. Okay, and it's a fucking lie, but it says anacondas <laughs> are the only animals that will eat their prey, regurgitate them, and eat them a second time for the pleasure of the kill. <laughs> Which I also love because, like, at that point, that's just impractical. Like, this snake is such a piece of shit. They will specifically vomit you up just to eat you again, which I would appreciate as a stance, if I'm being honest. So, of the people who are in this movie, at the top of it, we have fucking Danny Trejo in a cold open, where he is uh, getting harassed by a snake, and then eventually he gets chased to to the top of this thing, and while looking at the camera, just shoots himself in the head rather than get snarfed up by the anaconda. Um, The people in this movie... Fucking Jennifer Lopez, Owen Wilson, John Voight, Ice Cube, Eric Stoltz. Like, they're, I don't know how they got so many legit actors for the movie Anaconda. I wonder if this is one of those things where everyone was locked into a contract and this was mm-hmm. like their one way of getting out. It's like, <laughs> if you go to South America, you can do this. Flying down also, to South America with John Voight. let's how this director... Um, only makes movies about the Amazon River. You know, I honestly kind of, I, I kind of appreciate it because the Amazon rainforest terrifies me in the way that the ocean terrifies me. Like the Amazon just murders things. Like, are you familiar with the fucking highway they tried building? No. Oh man! So the Brazilian government tried, or I think it was the Brazilian government, some government. Uh, uh, had the bright idea that what they wanted to do was have like a trans-Amazonian highway. So they were going to build a highway that went through the Amazon rainforest and and allowed people to transverse it. The problem is, the entire rainforest fucking ate the highway. Like, the (laughs) earth swallowed it. Like, everything in the Amazon wants to murder... No, actually, no, it's like the ocean. It's not that it wants to murder you specifically, it's that it does not care about you and is built to eat you. Yes. It's like if a cat could be a plot of land. Like, it's just, it's not that it cares about you enough to want to eat you, it just will because it doesn't occur to the Amazon not to. And so, uh, you know what I bet it was with these actors? You're exactly right. This was like, you know what... You, if you fly down to the Amazon River and hang out with John Voight, the contract is sealed. Uh, you'll, you'll have served your nickel being uh, warm and uncomfortable with John Voight, who's doing an accent, and we'll, we'll call it even. Um, yeah, so apparently Jennifer Lopez wasn't the first pick for the star of this movie. Yeah, in the IMDb trivia uh, metadata, it's just like snake, snake feet, sexy lady snake feet. <laughs> Um, oh, here we goofs. go. Uh, people that were considered for the role were uh, Jennifer Aniston, Jillian um, Anderson, fucking Cameron Diaz. This movie contains two allusions to Ice Cube's musical career. Uh, his first line <laughs> of dialogue is Today is a Good Day, referring to his 1992 hit, It Was it's, a Good Day. It was a good day, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which it, it, I immediately started yelling, did this motherfucker just quote himself? And yes, he did. Ice okay, Cube Here's in the this other movie. thing that makes me infurious. 
Sean Connery, Tommy Lee Jones, and Jean Reno all could have played Paul Cerrone. Except Man. they were smart enough not to be in this movie. You know what, though? Here's the thing. I feel like Jean Reno was down to clown. You know what I mean? This was like, what? This was 1999, I think. This was yeah. a year after Jean Reno did oh, Godzilla. 97, actually. 97! That is... You know what? That checks out. This is like Jennifer Lopez in 1997 going, eh, sure, I'll do Anaconda. Um... Now, John Voight in this role does this accent. What he... All right, so um, how would you... So let's get into the plot a little bit. So it's this uh, research team that is venturing into uh, the Amazon River because of Snake? Like they're... No, they're tr- no. They're going okay. to film a documentary on native peoples. They're calling like the people of the mist. They're like that untouched. They're like... Eric Stoltz is like, there's a group of people that have never met humans outside of their tribe so let's shove cameras up their asses so what you're telling me is that john voight helped avert cannibal holocaust yes like he kept this movie from getting real racist and real well actually slightly less gross than cannibal holocaust but not Um, by much not 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 by a whole lot what's incredible is that like at the top of this movie um you know what i appreciate is any scene in a movie where uh all of the characters' dialogue for like a solid minute establishes what their job is in this <laughs> dynamic. And so it'll be like, hey, Marty, how, how's it going over there reading satellite readouts for the weather? And they're like, hey, how about you just shut up and keep being a computer scientist, Steve? And hey, it's just. You're the script girl. Why don't you script? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, why don't you tell me, mister? I steer the boat and make sure that we keep maintaining momentum going forward. Like, it's. I love how people write that shit in just so that at the top of it we know what everybody's deal is. Um, John Voight um, is the bastard of the river, and he shows up, um, and he's he's an ambiguous character at first, and not just because he sounds like he has just Google-translated Barky Baltakamas into uh, a, a, a character that lives on a river. Um, he's, uh, he gives his backstory where he's like, yeah, you know, I was going to go into the priesthood, but then I got super into snakes. And then <laughs> it's like, he gave up his job as a priest to grow a ponytail. And full-time. he gives his country of origin and everyone on the boat's like, that doesn't explain anything. You know, it's yeah. wherever he's from is the same place. Tommy Wiseau is from. I was just about to say Tommy <laughs> Wiseau. Cause you're like, what is that accent? Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Yeah. They, they both come from the same fucking planet as John John Voight's character and Tommy Wiseau in real life. Um, now we should so so the the they they go there to film this documentary, but they run into they they get besnaked by the yeah, by the yeah. river. So basically, the they rescued John Voight's Paul Cerrone, that's the character, from a shipwreck and uh, on the on the river, and then he basically takes over the boat he poisons um eric stoltz and leaves him at a commission he like throws all the fuel off the boat yeah and then is like well the only way to get to the doctor is to go down river instead of turn away because it's a shortcut yeah and and now you depend on ponytail snake priest and he's like (laughs) the only one that can get you there he's like um, and, and it's incredible because he just spends like, I would say, uh, John Voight spends like a solid hour of this movie 
just being as much of a piece of shit as possible. Like, just running amok. Like, not even... He doesn't even have to be as much of a prick as he's being in this movie. Like, he's just being uh, the worst. And so at one point, he... um, So Owen Wilson, who is in this motion picture... Um, decides to side with uh, Ponytail Snake Priest because... Yeah, what Pony- the fuck is up with that part of the movie? It's like, why are you doing this? Wow. Yeah, he's just like, hey, I think this guy knows what he's doing. I think I'm going to follow him into Snake Town. And the he gets attacked by the, uh, the titular anaconda and it wraps him up and it's like going to drag him back down into the river. And uh, I think his uh, Owen Wilson's wife is about to shoot the snake to, to get him to release Owen Wilson. And um, John Voight uh, smacks the gun out of her hand, like, "No, the snake is no good to me. Dead." Like he's, he does the, he does a line in this movie previously where he's like, "You know, say what you will about living in the Amazon River, twenty feet of snake still gets you a lot of money." And he's just like, apparently going to sell this giant fucking snake for dollars. Yeah, yeah, to to some Florida um, backyard attraction. <laughs> <laughs> There's always some Florida piece of shit hole by a giant snake. Um, and this snake... Now, I know we're clowning this movie a lot. I fucking love this movie. It is fucking fantastic. There's a bit where you, a snake just eats a panther. Just eats also, a goddamn panther. When the snake eats Owen Wilson, you see a close-up of its tummy, and Owen Wilson's like outline is pressing <laughs> through the tummy, like screaming. Yeah, just drifting by going, wow. And he's, yeah, it's inc- it's fucking incredible. Like, this movie, it is it is not a good movie, but it is a sheer delight. I have seen this movie, I want to say at least a dozen times. Um, I fucking love Anaconda. Um, now, what's incredible about Anaconda also, this is possibly the horniest movie, it, like the most ambiently horny movie I've ever seen. Yeah, like, early on in the movie, they're just like, let's do boat dance fuck time. And it's like, first of all, I love that this is a boat that only had five barrels of oil, but has enough C batteries to power a boombox for the entire film. (laughs) You know, this is like on Gilligan's Island, how you had a guy that could make, like, a nuclear reactor out of two coconuts, but he couldn't fix the hole in the fucking boat. (laughs) Like, this is like, you know, allocation of resources, guys. We No, 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 we, listen, the Venga bus is coming. I need to fucking dance on the Amazon. Thank you very much. So, Um, I read a review um, that busted this movie wide open for me. They said, uh, the reviewer said, um, it's Gilligan's Island. Oh, fuck me. That everyone on the boat is Gilligan's Gilligan's Island character. Yeah, you've got Lovey, you've got the Skipper. Fuck. That's incredible. Honestly. Owen Wilson is Gilligan, because all he wants to do is follow Paul Cerrone as the Skipper. Oh, fuck. Yeah, I don't, it's not really explained why he sides with Cerrone. He's just like, you know, there's some, I find something uh, comforting about his vague, unplaceable accent. It just makes me feel good. Um, now, what's incredible is that, so this movie, uh, the, the effects in this movie, the snake, Quincy, I, I did not believe this until you put it in the show notes, the snake is voiced by who? It's voiced by the voice of Scooby-Doo himself, Frank Welker. <laughs> Ah, Optimus Prime is out here voicing (laughs) this fucking snake. I'm I'm so proud of him. This is, what 
a what a career trajectory for Frank Welker. We this don't is... deserve Frank Welker. Do you know who else no. Frank Welker has voiced? Oh God, everyone. Curious George. What? Holy shit! All That's... of those chittering monkey noises is is Frank Welker. Man, God bless Frank Welker. This movie should be so lucky as to have and 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 Frank Welker as the snake. <laughs> Like, it, it fucking rolls. There's also uh, a fancy British fella who I think, wasn't that actor also um, Robin Williams' dad in Jumanji? I think he was. I'm, I'm, I'm awful in British, and I, uh, my, my skin is soft like baby food, and I'm just awful and terrified of everything. Um, and he just kind of gets shoved around by everybody for the duration of this, of this feature film, which lasts, by the way, a tight... 90 minutes. No, no, a tight 89. A tight 80? They couldn't get one more minute out of this movie. <laughs> I'm so proud of them. Um, Now, the effects in this are part animatronic. Well, you know, part and... of that... So, so real talk about why it's not 90 is because mm-hmm. this is a PG-13 rating, and one more moment of that um, snake gullet cam where you're watching... Uh, John Voight get eaten would have gotten a hard R. Man, that, okay. So that, well, at, so at the end of the movie when, um, so a bunch of shit happens and then eventually uh, John Voight gets eaten by the snake, um, the the gullet cam fucking rules. Like, all of the action in this movie, I'm such a mark for Anaconda. Like, it is a perfect uh, tombstone pizza creature feature with, like, now, and there's also, I, th- I think, a thing in the late 90s. Um, have you seen The Faculty? No. You're not missing anything, really, except for the fact that it's kind of a fascinating, like, it had everything going for it as a movie. Directed by fucking Robert Rodriguez. It has U- Usher the singer as an actor in it. It has Elijah Wood. It has Robert Patrick, the guy that played the T-1000. It's got all of these people... And it takes place in a high school, and all of the teachers get turned into monsters because of parasites. And it's just, a, and it was written by fucking Kevin Williamson, who wrote Scream. Like it was just one of these star-studded things that was just like, it was it was like having too many programs on a computer that would would work, except that they're all loading the computer down and it, it won't function. Um, and this is kind of like that to me, where it's like. All right, we've got a creature feature called Anaconda with every actor you've ever heard of. Okay, so do you think the reason why this movie has zero lighting is because they spent all their money on CGI? <laughs> no. Or are they trying to not light things because they're trying to hide the shortcomings of the film? I think you got it on the second one. I think uh, they definitely did not blow their budget on CG because it fucking sucks. It looks, you uh, it looks like you remember the the Windows ninety five screensaver with the the fluorescent pipes that would wind around like a labyrinth. Now, clown as you will, but in nineteen ninety seven, that's pretty good. Oh, clown, I will, but yeah, no, I can't. I, I kind of can't shit on that because, I mean, what? Just a year after this, we had, or excuse me, two years after this, we had this uh, the Mayor Wilkins snake demon on Buffy, which looks way worse. Than, than the the anaconda, but so the the snake is split between being bad CG and like an actual animatronic ass snake, and apparently, um, a la Jaws, at at many different points, the snake would just fucking stop functioning, 
like it would just short out and be like, ah, I can't do it. And so, it, and apparently you can see it on screen at several points when the snake just kind of decides to stop working. So what's wild is Jaws is like on the top of our list because the response to the shark not working was not to put the shark in the movie. Right. Which also, but side note here. Saint, this genius, um, <laughs> Luis Yosa, is like, no, if the snake's broken, we put the snake on more. <laughs> Listen, that snake is just one star in this movie. We have Jennifer Lopez. We have Ice Cube. Uh, if the snake stops working, we'll just, we'll figure it out. So where do you want to put this movie on the list? Now, before now, the, the thing that makes me uh, want to put this uh, higher on the list is that there's a scene in this movie where, uh, so John Voight, uh, the son of a bitch, gets, um, as previously stated, he gets eaten by a giant snake. And then, uh, as the opening crawl told us, and which does not come around at any other point except during his death scene, Snake coughs him back up. He is half-digested by Snake's stomach acid, and John Voight winks at Jennifer Lopez while he is dying and covered in stomach acid. Now, he's a terrible person, but I have to respect the fucking showmanship. What a choice. What an acting choice. Yeah, just like, ah, ain't I a stinker? I'm covered in snake juice. And then he just, he dies. Um, all right, so let's, uh, ooh, all right. Is this going toward the top of the list or the bottom of the list? I don't know anymore. <laughs> okay, so, uh, all right, I, I think I know where I'm going to start. So at number uh, 301, which is uh, uh, Motel Hell, I feel like I want to start there because of the sort of, like, straight sort of uh, uh, pizza movie that's, like, not terrifically good but has its own weird charm in it. Um, so Mo Motel Hell at number 301. Which do you think is better? Oh, definitely Motel Hell because I would watch Motel Hell on my DVR before I'd watch Anaconda. Oh, man. So you're not, you're not as high on Anaconda as I am. <laughs> Sorry, no. No, I get it. I completely get it. So below that, at number 310, is Deep Blue Sea 2, which um, I don't think features LL Cool J, right? That was the first it one? It is not. That's the first Deep Blue Sea. It it features baby sharks that act like piranhas because uh, that's uh, what they do. Now, it is directed by Hollywood legend and um, Tales from the Hood director Darren Scott. Oh, hell yeah. Who, hmm. as an auteur, is significantly better. <laughs> yeah, like, between the two of them, I feel like at least he can do movies other than things to do with the Amazon River. Um, all right, here we go. Quincy, which is better? Uh, the movie Anaconda from 1997, or at number 313, IWA Big Deathmatch 5. <laughs> Man, I would rather watch a person getting. I would rather watch any IWA deathmatch over uh -huh. um, over Anaconda. I feel like that's fair. But um, is Anaconda better than that Batman short film with oh, the um, <laughs> the Predators? Oh, the one that's just what if Batman fought alien uh, fought the Xenomorph and the Predator? Yeah. Oh, oh, definitely, definitely above that. I feel like I listen. Like Anaconda is 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 wildly entertaining garbage. At least, like I I think uh, Batman Dead End is just all right. Well, look at that Batman fighting the Predator. 
yeah. Where with Anaconda, you get to keep going, oh, fuck, is that Owen Wilson? Like, it's there's it's the oddest movie experience, and I, I love it so much. So, yeah, so I feel pretty good about that. All right, so that's our new number 314. Yeah. Um, so for the second movie, let's talk about Sexy Ghost, a.k.a. Uh, well, uh, what's the skin? Skin Seductress. No, Jesus no, Christ. I'm sorry. Skin Stripper S. Sorry, I feel like Stripper S is kind of... It's. It, do we really need the S there? Like, you could just be a stripper. It's, it's something is lost in translation there. I think Sexy Ghost <laughs> is the better name of the movie. So this is one of many 1992, what we call Category 3 Hong Kong movies, which is basically where in the 90s they... Um, they loosened up the censorship. So mm-hmm. a category three movie is um, like Robotrix, which is on Amazon prime. And I cannot recommend enough. It is a weird mix of comedy, horror, gore, and softcore porn. Okay. So category three is sort of the, uh, the, the, the worst of the worst for, for, for Hong Kong movies. It's, it's not really the worst of the worst because nothing is like hardcore per se. But I mean, well, Seeding right. of a Ghost is probably the perfect Category 3 movie. Yeah, agree. I feel like, yeah. Now, I've, I don't think I've seen a lot of Category 3 movies. Um, Hong Kong horror generally, I, I like that it always surprises me. Yeah, it's always got some buck wild out of nowhere action. The other thing yeah. I really love about Category 3 horror is um, the amount of black magic in these. Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, we. I feel like we both get really excited whenever, um, like, there's always the inciting incident uh, that happens at the top of the thing. Somebody gets hurt, and then somebody involved goes, uh, I know a guy down the street who does some devil shit, so I'll... <laughs> see what's good and talk to him and see if we can work something out like maybe he can do some weird devil shit i don't know and this guy is out here eating frogs and jerking off snakes yeah like you do i mean this is well which is also a great tie into our episode on anaconda um now all right so we should we should get into the plot of the movie now quincy i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna level with you I, when I watched this movie, I did not have subtitles. Oh. <laughs> um, so I got to ima- I, I got to be a little imagineer and figure out what I thought was going on in the movie Sexy Ghost. Now I'm fascinated because I watched it with subtitles. So now I want to know what oh, you man. think the plot of the movie is. Okay, so all right, so here's here's what I think here's what I think happened on uh, Sexy Ghost, aka uh, Skin Stripperess. Um, I think that this is a movie about a guy who tried, uh, it was a, a swinger party gone wrong where a guy is like, Hey, you seem pretty chill. Do you want to fuck my wife? And then the guy's like, yeah, sure. That sounds fine. But before they can do it, she gets zapped by lightning, which turns her into a burnt hot dog with superpower. Like she's like dark man, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she's, yeah. she's, a, she's a, uh, dark man. Yeah, burnt yeah, up and, lady, <laughs> and she's just you know doing all kinds of mischief, and so they decide to do a sort of uh, Sweeney Todd thing, or maybe not a Sweeney Todd thing, but it's sort of like, well, we're just going to bring you different or Hellraiser. Let's go with Hellraiser. Like, all right, we're just going to feed you people's bodies until you're better again. 
Okay, and so here's the actual plot. Okay, good, good. This guy is running an unsuccessful hotel, mm-hmm. and he needs to get a license from the Chinese government, the Hong Kong government. Mm-hmm. So the way he's going to get the license is to let the official fuck his wife. Holy shit. And but this is then his wife. she gets turned into a hot dog, so... <laughs> He won't have sex with her. So then he murders another girl and takes her skin off. And that's where the like weird monk dude who eats frogs comes in. And he does black magic to take the skin. But then he buries the lady on the beach and says, no one disturb this body and we'll be fine. Mm -hmm. And then that's where our awful teenagers come in to just ruin everything. Oh, this movie is, is rotten with horny teens. They, they all come up onto the beach and they engage in all manner of sexy shenanigans and tomfoolery. Um, and this one kid just decides that his life's ambition is to dig something up at, at the beach Like, he just starts clawing at the sand for some reason? The reason why he's clawing at the sand is because these kids uh, also fuck around with black magic, and they are um, saying, look at this cool trick, and they're like, ancestors possess me, and then they wig out to be, like, crazy guys, and then they have to, like, be... So that's why he's gone into, like, a, a... digging rage. That's also why earlier in the movie he tries to jump off of a boat into the lake... Oh, that's why. Yeah, yeah. It's it's because of the, like, bad black magic that he doesn't know how to actually use. So he's doing that to impress the girls. Now, um, Lam Ching Ying, who is in every Mr. Vampire movie as a mm-hmm. Taoist priest, plays a Taoist priest in this movie, and he just has to fix everything because these kids are idiots. Man, these kids, I, I don't even, I, like, I didn't have subtitles. I didn't even know what they were doing, and I wanted them all to die. <laughs> like, they and were just, you sort most of, most of yeah. them do. Oh, it's great, yeah. They, now, and what's incredible about it also is that, like, so this, this movie is also incredibly horny, um, which also, horniness and snakes, it makes it a great double feature with Anaconda, I'm, I'm telling you. Um, she, so, uh, Hot Dog Lady starts skinning people alive. Yeah, so the ghost of the woman that was murdered for her skin starts stealing skin to to replenish her own body and, like, seek revenge. Oh, skin stripperess. She's not a stripper. She's stripping people's skins. Yes. Like yes. you'd strip a bed. Mm-hmm. The, 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 the skin is the sheet of the body, you see. <laughs> um, that's, that's, that's nature's bed sheet. Um, she is going for it. Now, also, Monk, Monk Dude is, he is rocking the fuck out 24 over 7. He's in this room playing, playing his drums and screaming, and so what you're telling me is that he's, like, the Svengali behind trying to get these kids to get their shit together? No, there's rival, um, occult priests in this movie. So the they're, they're, monk they're, they're who's doing eating monk the frogs and the snakes and all that is the guy who's hired to do the spell to make the wife look beautiful again. Holy um, shit. He this... says the only way to do this and make it stick is to do this ritual lest the ghosts come out. So he's doing that. Then 
the priest on the boat is just a third party priest that sees these fuckboys and has to fix everything. But the fuckboys also are taught by another teacher that you only see in one scene. And he says the key to this black magic is uh, maintaining your celibacy. So um, live clean and you'll be good at this magic. And then they immediately go and fuck these girls. (laughs) Man, I don't, it's, it's, it's so much that, like, while it's happening, even, like, the camera work is, like, Sam Raimi levels of bizarre dynamic zooms. Yeah, it's, it's pretty fun. Oh, it's fantastic. Um, the, now, okay, so what, I'm sorry, I gotta, I gotta go back here. What is Mr. Vampire? Mr. Vampire is a franchise that we're gonna have to do on this about a Taoist priest who has to um, fight hopping vampires, uh, Quang Shi, Jiang Shi. So is, is he Mr. Vampire? No, no. Mr. Vampire is the vampire. He's the priest who's fighting the vampires. Uh, okay. All right. I see. But that's, a, All right. that's, a, that's, a, that's for another episode. <laughs> There's um, like a bajillion of those, and I have many of them on DVD. So we will do that soon. Outstanding. Um, honestly, all right. So the effects in—I uh, uh, almost just said horny ghosts, which I mean, <laughs> sexy ghosts, but close. I keep—I sort of got—I keep thinking sexy ghosts to the tune of Baby Shark. Um, <laughs> it's, I can't. Uh, how how would how would you describe the ending? Okay, here's where I have to be honest. I um, fell asleep during the ending <laughs> of this movie. Outstanding. I also, I didn't make it to the ending of this movie. <laughs> I swear I woke up for the ending and everything was fine. Oh, oh, the Ooh. end is they just like get back on the boat and everything's okay again. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, the horny teens get back on the boat? The horny teens, the, the dirtbag owner dies and they're like, yeah, um, this place is never meant to be a good uh, thing. And the horny teens get back on the boat. Well, shit. All right, that's. So I guess that was fine then. All of that with the, the hot dog lady and the stripping of the skin and. All right, all's well that ends well. Um, this movie is completely bonkers in a way that I feel like. All right. So for me, the the high score for uh, Bananas Hong Kong Horror is uh, Seating of a Ghost. Oh, it's nowhere near that. I would say it's closer to Satan Returns at number three twelve. Where the ending oh, yeah. of Satan Returns is, oh, I guess I am the daughter of Satan. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's uh, it's knowledge of yourself, I think, that we're all after. And like, oh, shit, I'm the daughter of Satan. It's, yeah, I honestly, Satan Returns, I kept expecting it to be something that was going to, I don't know. I feel like I kept waiting for it to be a, 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 a movie that lived up to being called Satan Returns. And it just kind of... It's, it's less Satan returns and more sort of Satan came by and chatted for a bit and then left. Yeah, you're right. It is. I, I think you're talking me into putting it better. Now, Robotrix, where a robot um, robot disguised like a man fucks a woman to death is probably Jesus. better than Sexy Ghost. Good Lord. I Honestly, Sexy Ghost, I feel like Robotrix, um, I, I feel like Robotrix had better effects. Oh, for sure. Than, than Sexy Ghost. Now, Sexy Ghost did have pretty good uh, sound effects for people's skin getting ripped off, which I yeah. appreciate. And the score of all of these movies is like prime 
Hong Kong 1992 pop, and it's, oh. it's very good. The score on this, it somebody is going ham fucking sandwich on a Yamaha DX7 synthesizer. Like, it, it is it is great. And I think like I'm I'm a sucker for like very sort of chintzy synth scores, but this this is pretty outstanding. So yeah, so I feel pretty good about putting sexy ghost uh, in in between Ro uh, Robotrix and Satan Returns at our number uh, new number 312. Oh man. Hell yeah. Ryan, uh, so tell our listeners where they can um, find us online. I'll tell you what, our listeners can find us uh, where we are uh, uh, constantly and recalcitrantly shitposting on Twitter at Rank and Vile Cast. Uh, we are on Tumblr and Instagram at Just Rank and Vile. Um, if you have a movie that you want to request, and we uh, are now opening up for more requests uh, for bonus content, so stay tuned for that. If you want to request a movie for us to do, you're going to want to send that. Uh, to either rankandvilecast at gmail.com or put it in our ask box on Tumblr at rankandvile. Um, if you uh, want to advertise uh, on rankandvile, we would love to talk to you. Um, if you uh, have, uh, are a creator who wants to do an interview or, um, like, I, I think generally we would love to become sort of a part of a bigger horror community and just start, like, making more... I don't know, like, integrating more people into Rank and Vile as a thing and, and kind of, you know, opening that up. Um, we are on basically every platform uh, you could uh, hope to listen to. We're on Stitcher, we're on Last.fm, we're on iTunes. Uh, and if guys, you can give us a thumbs up or a star or a written review or anything like that, it's super helpful to help the show grow. And um, yeah. if you don't mind, just tell someone word of mouth, like, hey, listen to this podcast. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, uh, apparently, uh, if you are driving for uh, a rideshare service, we are great to have on uh, in the background as well while uh, passengers are listening to us talking about Cannibal Holocaust. So that is that is just one more service we offer. Uh, but <laughs> barring that, that is about all I got. You got anything else? Stay spooky. Later, folks.